Hello and welcome to Strangers Stopping Strangers, podcast number 72. A big welcome back to anybody who's returning and thanks for stopping into anybody who's new this week. Well, first I have to say welcome back everyone who's listening. Strangers Stopping Strangers took a September hiatus. So I guess it's safe to say summertime come, come and gone, my oh my, because it is now mid-late October, you know, well into the fall. So thank you for uh, tuning back in. So on this week's podcast, I get a chance to talk to Mark James. Mark and I met through Twitter. He's a podcaster and along with a couple other co-hosts, host a super fun podcast called The Poop Culture. So as a secret deadhead, he found me. And then when I saw him as a podcaster, I went and checked out The Poop Culture and we messaged and struck up a little instant message friendship and uh, and here we are. And you know, I have to say it was so much fun. I mean, Mark was a real breath of deadhead fresh air. He is uh, 40 years old with memories that go back all the way 30 years and uh, really, you know, climbed on the bus in high school, but has yet to connect with other deadheads. So, you know, coming on the podcast and sharing his stories and his music picks was, you know, really him coming out of the closet. It was so much fun and he was very grateful to get a chance to, you know, wave his flag and uh, talk to another deadhead. You know, I assured him that there was many, many, many others that, uh, that get it as well. You know, I have to say having the opportunity to talk to Mark after a couple months off of recording was, you know, just really such a wonderful reminder of how grateful I am to be part of this community. I mean, there are so many people that I've met that were strangers, you know, virtually and some as guests that I've yet to meet in person, but still consider friends guests that I have met and get to hang out with and hear music with and you know it really is just such an honor to be a conduit to uh, sharing the stories and the music with and from the deadheads via Stranger Stopping Strangers so for that I am truly grateful. On a last note of gratitude I have to give a shout out to the Osiris Podcast Network which is the network that Stranger Stopping Strangers is a part of. The Osiris Podcast Network began in February 2018, and it's a bunch of podcasts that are all really coming from like-minded places of the heart, lots of culture, music. There's some great deadhead podcasts, No Simple Road, Broken Down Podcasts, some really fun fish podcasts, Beyond the Pond, and such a great group of people that just really happy to be a part of. So for further listening options, please go check out osirispod.com. That's O-S-I-R-I-S-P-O-D.com to see more about the family and other listening choices, all from uh, really great like-minded people. So as always, I hope everybody enjoys listening to the podcast as much as Mark and I enjoyed making it, and I will catch you in a few weeks. Bye. Well, Mark James, welcome to Stranger Stopping Strangers. Oh, thank you. Finally, Finally. get to sit down and talk with you, Stacy. We get to talk. <laughs> this is this has only been like on the books for four months, maybe. I don't know. Something like that. Four so, or five months, you know. We've been planning it. 
something like that. Uh, Just Stopping Strangers had a hiatus, did not put out a podcast in September, but we are back better than ever with a guest that I'm so excited about. So, you know, this is what it's all about is talking to deadheads that love the music, you know, get out and tell the stories, man. Well, see, that's the difference is I don't get out a lot, so I don't have too many stories to tell, but just maybe some personal experiences with the dead. Well, that's the stories. So what's so fascinating about you, and I want you to go like in depth about it, is you're a fellow podcaster with The Poop Culture, which is so much fun and just love, love, love to listen to. But it's not about- Thank you. Oh, you're awesome. And (laughs) such an inspiration. No, it's like, this is such a coup for me. But yours isn't really about music so much. And you are the lone deadhead. And this is really like you coming out of the closet on the podcast internet waves about- being a secret closet deadhead on poop culture we some we get into music quite a bit but i am the only deadhead so i try not to bring it up as much as i can but you know sometimes it it just sneaks out but you know over on poop culture we cover all things pop culture related but from a slightly different skew you know it's raw and raunchy irreverent improv we like to call it and then we also do another series on the show called dueling decades which is much like with the dead, it's always the 80s over the 90s. We've had a few 90s victories, but a majority of the time, usually the 80s topics always edge it out. This is kind of like a, a coming out. Coming out of the closet. and I am waving my freak flag. I'm flying it high, definitely. Because growing up, you know, I have vivid memories of, of the Grateful Dead. Even though bef- this was before I was a deadhead. I think it kind of all goes back to, I guess we can go back to the uh, the famous Lewiston show, you know, September 6th of 1980. Lived more than a few miles from that. Matter of fact, my aunt lived on the other side of the fairgrounds where that was. Now, I was only two years old when this show took place, so there was no chance of, of me going to that. But I, they also played up in uh, my neck of the woods in 88 as well, in the summer of 88. And I remember vividly a, a conversation in the car with my family. My mother and my father were driving. My sister was in the back seat with me. And we were driving by the fairgrounds in Lewiston where the dead had played. And then they were recounting the, the stories because I was a little bit older, so I would remember the story more. And my mother was saying, oh, it was horrible. This band played there and there was bums sleeping all over the streets and they, you know, they trashed the town. She's like, oh, never again, never again. They're going to let this band come and play again. And I'm, I remember even at that young age thinking, I have no clue who this band is, but if I ever find out, I have to go see them. <laughs> if people will travel across the country and sleep on the streets in a strange town to hear a band play for three or four hours, it's got to be something amazing. Absolutely. A band beyond description, you know, and a it's, following beyond description, to your point, you know. It's yeah. Like a, you know, while the music plays the band. I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's so special. But, but again, such a weird little culty situation that you're either, you know, you're either on the bus or you're not. And it doesn't mean you have to physically be there. It's just about being open to the adventure and, and wanting to, you know, expand your horizons and chasing the music. And I think that those, right. are, those are all the things, whether you're chasing the music on the re-listen app or, you know, you're out there, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. And I think we're all after the same thing. Absolutely. And the, I'm glad you touched on the Relisten app because that's something that's really aided me on my journey, you know. So, like, after that whole vivid memory of in the car, 
the next time the dead came up, we're going to fast forward 10 years almost into my story. And I remember I was uh, camping one summer and I had met this kid who's, you know, his dad was uh, like a regional manager of a record store. He was bragging about this, you know, and he's like, we have every album in the house you could think of, every CD, any band. Uh, He's like, is there anything you want to borrow? I'm like, you know what? I've never heard this band, The Grateful Dead. I've heard of them, but I've always wanted to hear the music. He's like, all right, comes back a few days later, gives me on CD skeletons in the closet. So I run home, you know, I go into my bedroom, I, I go into my closet, I sit down in my closet with my boom box, I pop in skeletons in the closet, and I hit play. And to this day, I remember the, the very first things exactly that came out of my mouth. So I remember my exact words, and it was, this sucks, it's country. And then, you know, I skipped forward a few more songs and just could not get into it. I think at this point, age-wise, this was probably around sixth or seventh grade. So again, fast forward another five or six years. Again, in high school now, um, I got into jam band music by listening to Blues Traveler, actually. Blues Traveler had just came out. And I was getting into some of those albums and listening to some of their back albums. And I became a huge Blues Traveler fan. So that got me into jam band music. That expanded me into Jimi Hendrix, who I was always a little familiar with, but then deep dove deep into his catalog. And then that led me back to The Grateful Dead, which at this point still had really no clue what their music was about. So there was a – I think and I think there's going to be a lot of deadheads who can relate with this story – There was an English teacher in my high school who was a deadhead. (laughs) So I knew exactly who to go to and ask. And uh, that's what I did. I asked him. I'm like, I want to get into the dead. I'm like, what can you recommend? So he went to his car and he lent me his copy of uh, Working Man's Dead in American Beauty. And uh, I went up into the music room. They had an isolated music listening room. And I put the cassettes in. A whole new world opened up it was no longer shitty country it was it was pure americana music from the soul and i got it this time ever since then the dead has been a very personal part of my life i've never had the following or the the community that so much of the music in the deadhead life and community revolves around i've never experienced that because through high school other than that one teacher didn't know any other deadheads all through college. I even had a radio show in college that featured the dead and featured jam bands. Still never met any other deadheads. I'm 40 years old now. I still don't know any other deadheads. So, <laughs> well, you know me, and now after this, you know, however yeah. many listeners, hey guys, Think, yeah, uh, you've got a whole community now. Welcome, welcome to the family. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put your cell phone number on the, uh, on the web page, so all the whoops can no, uh, please don't. text you and call you. I'm gonna put your address on, so when anybody's passing through your neck of the woods, I'm gonna say, you know, that, uh, you know, you're really looking for your family, and then that they're welcome to like put up. And their sleeping bags and oh great you know, when I when I wake up, up yeah when I wake up Monday morning and there's a ton of wharf rats on my front lawn I know who I'm gonna thank for that thanks yeah Steve. absolutely <laughs> you know we can create a new little shakedown street going on up and down your neighborhood we'll be like yeah Mark wanted to meet some deadheads here they are they're uh, they're all moving in you know it's uh, <laughs> between there's no fall tour you know and right. uh, now they've got a new home. 
Well, I, you know, I have to hijack with one quick funny story about your intro on that. And then I want to definitely get in and start playing some music. The funniest thing to me about skeletons, reoccurring, reoccurring topic. He had skeletons in the closet, too. Like, that was his first and only foray into the dead. So, you know, as I take this deep dive a couple of years ago more and, like, start talking about the music and the people and all that, he's like, you know, all I ever knew was that, which was essentially a best of, right? I'm looking at it right now. Skeletons in the Closet, the best of the Grateful Dead. So yeah. the Golden Road, <laughs> you know, whatever. The Golden Road, okay, you know, it's kind of fun, 60s, big pen era. Trucking, right. yeah, you know, that's a best of. But then track number three, Rosemary. Right. Yep. Like Rosemary is the dead fucking with Warner Brothers. That is not a best of. It's never been a no. best of. Nobody knows Rosemary. And I feel like it was like a prankster test to see if you could get past Rosemary to hit back on Sugar Magnolia. You know, and like, in my opinion, I feel like they were totally fucking with the raid with Warner Brothers by putting Rosemary in as number three. I recently went back and I, I did a little research on that because in coming up with these stories and really kind of thinking about my, my, my deadhead journey to talk to you about, you know, this came up, this story about having skeletons in the closet. So you know what? I found a copy of it on cassette tape, and uh, I've been rocking it in my pickup truck for the last few months. And uh, it's not the same album it is now. You know, I think I, I appreciate it a little more now. So I went back and I did some research on it, and it was kind of done to throw some shade no, no, for sure. Well, no, no. You know what? I am going to, I'm going to look, I'm looking at this here. It was out in 74. Yeah. So it came out in 74. So that means it was after like the first four albums that came out. It was after uh, Working Instead. It was after American Beauty. It was after Aox and Moxa. Like those, those are all good. But again, I go back to that Rosemary. I think they were fucking with people. I think if you <laughs> get past the Rosemary, you know, track number two, like that was, or track number three, that you know then maybe you like deserve to get to the sugar magnolia and then they throw in my only other one that isn't as big of a eyebrow raise but is still a little like all these years later and his number eight is mexicali blues and my husband loves that song and i'm like it's just so not a best of you know <laughs> and that was one of the, i'm glad you brought it up that's one of the songs i looked into you know for me, like I was saying, the, the, the dead's a personal thing. So I, I've gone back and I've started to do all this research and look into it as I go into these deep dives. You know, I'll go into these deep dives for, for months at a time and then you back off for a little bit and listen to other stuff. And then, but it always, always leads back to the dead, I think. The compass always points to Terrapin when it's done. Mexicali Blues, I, I, I started to reintroduce and refamiliarize myself with that song listening to you know different live versions of it so i went online and read the story about the origins of it i always when i think of mexicali blues i always think of el paso with it the marty robbins cover that you know bob has played forever mm -hmm. and i was reading the story of mexicali blues and it was saying how he had gone to to hunter and wanted him to write a cowboy western song and he refused to do it. So that's where Bob went to Barlow and that relationship started. So I think it was, you know, I want my own El Paso. I need yeah. someone to write. I've always appreciated it for that because it was, he took a song that he loved and made a brand new song from it. And I think I've seen that a few times throughout the dead catalog. It's like they'll cover a song and then they're going to do their own version of something similar. It's not a cover. We're not going to rip it off. 
but we're going to take the elements musically we like for it and present it to you that way. And I think Mexicali Blues kind of captures that. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And I think uh, I think the funny thing about now thinking about Barlow and him, you know, writing it stuff is it's, you know, they're, Barlow's adding his little twist to it. And, of course, you know, it goes in. I'm looking at the lyrics as we talk. I mean, uh, that he meets the girl who with raven hair who's just 14, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if we're gonna go do it, let's go, let's go do it right. You know, let's uh, let's go get you a bad case of the Mexicali blues and just make it all sort of you know tawdry in its own way. You know? Surprised this isn't a Steven Tyler song. All of a sudden, jeez. Hey, if Bobby found a girl that was just fourteen at that time, Bobby was only about seventeen at that time. So it's we're not it's not that bad, you know. That's true. How old is Barlow? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's another situation altogether. Bobby was the one singing it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So much fun. No, it just always makes me laugh because I feel like that was definitely a pr- – it was a good album, but there was a prankster album in again. Yeah, it has been similar to you getting one album and him, you know, and going through and being like, what do you mean you don't know Fire on the Mountain? What do you mean you don't know Scarlet Begonias? What do you mean you know fucking Rosemary? You know, like how do you know Rosemary but not Shakedown or whatever? You know, early early days. Right. So I think it's hilarious. You know, I think it was part best of and part like, uh, you know, you're gonna listen to this fucking thing and and totally confused, which was the whole point of the Grateful Dead in the first place was. Yep. You know, and I I, I have this conversation with people all the time. It's either you get it or you don't. And you either see the dead for what they were and what the journey was and what it represents musically and culturally, or you just hear it as a bunch of noise and you don't understand what's going on. No, absolutely. And And why is this song 22 minutes? And who the hell would listen to a 22 minute song? Right. I have this. My wife is not a deadhead by any stretch of the means, but, but God bless her. She, uh, she tolerates me as much as she possibly can. And, we listen to the dead all the time in the car and she just doesn't get it. She's like, why are they just playing forever and ever and not singing? And I, I finally realized it's because I don't listen to the album versions as much anymore. I think I, that's what I started with was going through the studio albums. Yeah. When I first got into the dead, you know, I, Oh God, I'm going to catch heat for this one. Really started liking shakedown street, that whole album. God, I fucking love that. You know, oh, there's there's no heat out there, my friend. You were you were even, in a safe zone. I mean, okay. you know, I mean, I suppose if you came out at the very end and said like of everything I ever heard, like my takeaway is like easy answers or day job, you know, I mean, I think maybe there would be some like tomatoes being thrown at your face, but no, I would down, I would do that. Maybe France, but yeah, well, for <laughs> I, I dug it at the time, so, you know. You know, I got yeah. familiar with with certain studio albums, and that's how I started my musical journey you know it was working man's american beauty and then shakedown terrapin so when i moved into the live stuff automatically i understood what they were doing i knew how the song recorded was and i could see the transitions and the riffs and the improv and the art that was they were interpreting a version of their own song it's like an artist repainting their own painting every night on stage and I get that because I understand the where it comes from in the studio versions, and my wife doesn't understand that. She thinks she doesn't, and I think people who have never really listened to the Dead extensively don't see that. They don't see what's 
the big picture of what's going on musically. That probably makes no fucking sense, but. Oh, my God. Well, it makes <laughs> sense to me. So apparently we are supposed to be talking, and I'm sure it'll make okay. a ton of sense to anybody. Oh, thank God, because I have, I have found your people. I man. have. I'm so sick of having conversations with people when I say, oh, man, I just love sometimes how the wheel materializes out of space and kind of brings you back to center. And people looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Well, I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. And honestly, I want to keep talking about it, but we have five songs to play, my friend. You gave me five songs, and I want to hear about them. But, you know, I'm going to run into – we're going to go straight into the wheel right now, and then we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the wheel because if we just keep talking and talking and talking. I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm 40 years old, and this is the first time I've ever got to talk to somebody about something that – I hold so much passion for in my life. You know, it's one of the true great loves of my life has been the dead and it's kind of been a secret. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> well, you're, you are out of the closet. You are being embraced by the community and we're going to play the wheel and then right. we will be back to talk some more.
Well, back from listening to the wheel, and you know, I gotta say, I was so nowhere near done that topic, but I wanted to get some music in. So the topic I wanted to go back to is the whole familiarity with the jam scene because, you know, I just want to flesh that out a little more because that is in the studio albums graduating into the live albums. Always my advice to people. I always say start with the studio, start with the shakedown, American Beauty, because of the conciseness. And and for myself, even as a listener, I like to repeat, and based on your song list, it sounds like you're the same thing. There are certain live albums that I really enjoy because I enjoy the way they go into a space and a direction of a song that I'm familiar with. And so I really get to know that version. Um, Like the next song I want to play is uh, is one of the two from the net, which is one of my fucking favorite albums and clearly one of yours, too. It's my favorite album of all time for any band. I think, you know, I have a I have a, a blues traveler tattoo. And I'm such a huge blues traveler fan. We, you know, we were just discussing that. But without Annette, there's just something so special about that. It was one of the first albums that I caught on to the dead. It was the first live album I purchased. And uh, again, for the for such a stupid reason of it being a double live album, so I got more music for my money. And the cover was absolutely killer. Oh, it was so, so cool. that looks similar to the yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. You know, I had that that great circus poster, and I had never heard anything like that before. And ninety five percent of it is Brent. Yeah, no, that's, for sure. No, that's his it, swan song, that album. And I didn't realize that till later. And it's such magic on that on that album. No, it was. And then I read about the album and they dedicated it to him. And, you know, it made me learn a little bit more about it afterwards. And it so was. I mean, he was so powerful. He was in so much pain. He was so electrified. And it really was him just giving his fucking all, just pedal to the metal on that one. Yeah, and I've heard some some people poo-poo the album because it was overdubbed and they fixed things in the studio later. But you know what? I'm fine with that. They yeah. wanted to produce the best possible music out there. And for, for the for the purposes of this album and what they were trying to do, I'm absolutely fine with that because it's absolute perfection. The way that, you know, China Rider just builds into itself and then Jerry's vocals and you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. No, no, <laughs> it, it takes kicks, you on a full ride. I mean I'm, it's like it's I'm, like that, that to me it's like an amusement park that whole album like they each song takes you on a different ride you know like it would be a different ride in the park but you get a whole fucking amusement park out of uh yeah. without an ad for sure oh i'm i'm still i'm 40 years old i've been listening to that album for oh over 20 years at this point when he when jerry hits into i wish i was a headlight i still get goosebumps to this day so i think what I think you just led into the next song that we're going to play. You know what? We decided this was going to be organic. We didn't have any, like, time frame things. And, you know, the podcast is always organic. I think we need to go into it. I think we need to play the uh, the China Cat Sunflower I Know You Rider from uh, Without a Net next. What do you think? Absolutely. Let's go into it. Okay. Well, everybody get prepared for some goosebumps. So let's go enjoy this this familiar jam, you know, where it goes from being strange to familiar. When well, the more you know it, it's just like putting on like favorite robe is how I think. Just pedal on up with it. Absolutely. I think this is a, a song when I did my radio show back in the day was a staple on my weekly playlist. Every single week, 
China Cat Sunflower, I know you, Ryder. Always, always requested. And if it wasn't requested, I put it on the playlist. <laughs> Who's request? <laughs> Mark James. Who's requested it this week? Mark James. <laughs> uh, it was this guy, James. James Markson requested Markson. it this week. <laughs> <laughs> Marco Jameson this week. You know, you could, like, go. You could be, like, Irish. Then you could be, like, Italian. Then you could, uh, you can, like, go under, like, take your name and find it in Chinese, you know. Be like, oh, my God, this guy from China. And then, like, translate your name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go play it, and then we will be back for more conversations and a couple more songs.
we are now back from listening to China Cat Sunflower. I know you, writer from the Without a Net album. And, you know, the Without a Net album, all of these albums can be downloaded. So, you know, I love the Relisten app and I love archives.org. But, you know, I do want to, like, kick a little love over to our brothers who have produced these albums and put them back and have them available to buy because you can. And then you just get that perfection and then you just have that. So as much as I'm a proponent of tapers and free music and I always push that, you know, I really do want to let people know that, um, you know, let's give back a little for $12. You know, you can absolutely forever. For sure. I love the re-listen. You know, I love the archive, you know, uh, dead.net, all the other places you can listen to stuff online is, it's amazing. Uh, I, I'm on it every single day discovering new music. It's a vast and infinite thing. But there's something to be said for physical media still, and that's something we bring up all the time on Poop Culture. You know, if you can find a copy of the album, CD, cassette, 8-track, purchase it. Go to the website. You can still buy the vinyl albums. You can still buy the CDs. Own it. Own physical media. Because uh, if the internet goes down or something happens, no matter what, you're still going to have the dead with you. Absolutely. No, and I'm really glad we're talking about this. Because, you know, I have to say a little shout out, if you're listening, to Mr. Mark Pincus, who is a VIP over at Rhino. And uh, and just the nicest guy. This is, yeah, I, I, nothing makes me happier than meeting somebody like a Mark. You know, he's got this, like, important things with music over at Rhino, part of Warner's, and he is just the coolest, most down-to-earth dude, and just a deadhead. He's just a deadhead like the rest of us. He's like a guy that grew up loving the dead and then ended up with this, like, fantastic situation where he gets to be really involved with the band, but he hasn't lost that, I'm a deadhead edge, you know, like, that's who he is. I, we were able to meet, he listens to the podcast, at least sometimes, so again, Hey, if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> what's up, Mark? The more we continue to support the companies that are putting out these great professional products and digging up shows, they're going to continue doing that. And for somebody who hasn't been connected to the scene, that's been my exposure to some of these things. And this is where, you know, I, I said I was going to get chastised earlier for liking Shakedown, but uh, it wasn't till just this past year. Two years ago, when I saw The Dead for the first time, when I saw Dead and Company in Virginia, finally got to a show. And uh, I saw somebody wearing a Cornell 77 shirt. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I wonder if they were at that show. It was two older gentlemen. I'm like, I noticed they recently just released that album. I wonder if that show's any good. I had never listened to that show until this past year. The um, Holy Grail. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> To have to be a fan for 40 years and then all of a sudden discover something as life-changing as that, if that's not a testimony to what the music of the Grateful Dead can do to people. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And I didn't know Cornell until I had a, a podcast guest named Drew that was on it. And actually, I have a friend named Larry Reichman. I'm going to do a plug for Larry, um, who will be a guest at some point down the road, but I've, I've kind of limited it down to once a month and who knows what the future brings. But he wrote in a really cool book. Larry Reichman on Cornell. He was there. He was a student. And when I went to Cornell, I was really fortunate to get to go with my friend Liz. Um, so, hey, Liz, if you're listening, and Margo, and I know Margo listens, on May 8th to the, the bell chimes. So right. I was invited to go up there, and they do this super fucking cool chimes, and they play like a dead set as an anniversary to the 77 show. 
Which we yeah, all know so. never really happened, so. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> Take a step back. Take another step back. You don't want your friends to get all bug-eyed, do you? I mean, it's fucking amazing. So I got to go there and hear, like, the Cornell students, like, play yeah. the set and go up in the towers. And I got to take videos of, like, all the deadheads at the bottom of the tower, like, looking up at it. And Oh, my God. It was so cool. And Amazing. I talked to Larry on my drive there, and he was, like, yeah, telling me about it. So if anyone is interested in learning more, I will plug my friend Larry's book. We can plug the album. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I heard of his book. Uh, I first heard about it uh, researching the the Cornell show probably about six months ago. I came across his book, and yeah, definitely something that is on my read list now. Okay, so I want to do something that's like totally off track, and you can tell me if we can do this or not. I feel like we need to play a song from Cornell because it's not on your list. So I'm gonna I want to bump one of your songs and then add some. <laughs> It's all improv here, you know? It's We're, always improv. There's no set list. There's no set list. We're talking about the Grateful Dead. There's no rules. There's no set list. There's no, yeah, it's, you know, it's like, what are you feeling? And let's do it. So Cornell, May 8th, 1977. I'm going to run through the list, and then I'm, you're going to tell me what we're going to play. Oh, boy. You're going to make okay. me pick. Okay. I'm going to make you pick, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a fresh, like, okay, what are you feeling at this exact moment? And then we'll play it next. Okay, there's New Minglewood Blues. Do I stop you when you get to it, or do I let you run through the whole list? I run through the whole list. Okay, okay. And then you think about it. It'll be like a game show. You get like, you know, I'll do thun, 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 and then you have to pick. And then okay. whatever you pick's the winner. All right, run through the list. <laughs> it's a game show you can't lose. And the only one who loses is somebody who's listening that's hoping you pick one thing, and then you pick something else, and then wah, wah, <laughs> to that person. <laughs> Okay, so here's your choices. Okay. Mark James, you decide. What are we playing next? New Minglewood Blues, Loser, El Paso, They Love Each Other, Jackstraw, Deal, Lazy Lightning, Supplication, Mama Tried, Row Jimmy, Dancing in the Streets, Scarlet Begonias, Fire on the Mountain, Estimated Prophet, St. Stephen, Not Fade Away, Morning Dew, or One More Saturday Night. Oh, it's really hard on this. There are so many just incredible songs, but I'm going to have to go with a song that I've recently rediscovered upon my most recent deep dive. It's now one of my favorites. And in listening to this version, this is the exact song where I learned to appreciate Keith. Uh, I got to go with Loser. Gotta go with loser. Yeah. Loser. It's one of my one of my new favorite songs that I've rediscovered. I love it. I love everything about it. The lyrics and Keith's keyboards on this are incredible. I often criticized Keith in the past because I hated the the tinkering. Sounds like a music box sometimes, but when he gets on that Hammond B three, it's a totally different tone. And I think I think it this album, there's some notes of that that come out that are really nice. Well, let's do it. Well, we're going to go on to Loser from Cornell 77, and then we'll come back with uh, another story and another song pick.
I can tell the queen of diamonds by the way she's So back from listening to Loser, which I mean, I really love that song, too. I feel like I kind of rediscovered that a few years ago when they played that a company, I think, played it at uh, Saratoga in 2016. Yeah. And and they played it in Fenway. And I was there with my sister in 2016. And um, it really struck some chords. It really um, it really resonated with some of the uh, gamblers in my life. Yeah, I think it, it's a definitely a song that I've, I've really learned to appreciate more now that I've gone back, done the research, and learned, learned some of the words. You know, I mean, we listen to the dead all the time, and geez, even they can't remember the words to the songs half the time. So how are we supposed to remember them? So I've gone back, and I'm reading the lyrics, and Loser was just, I'm not a gambler. Don't, you know, don't, don't think that. But I just, I think there's, there's something... Because the way it's written, it's a personal story. I think it's there's just something classic Americana music about Loser. You know, I, it's just something it just that I so many feelings. Yeah, it yeah, just so many feelings. I mean, no matter what it is. And again, I'm I'm thinking about a, a gambler in my world, and it just not myself. You know, right. not not myself. But you know, I mean, I, I do all other kinds of fucked up things. So no disrespect to gambling. I think. <laughs> We all have our vices. We do. We all we all have our vices. Uh, you know, gambling's not one, but I mean, no vice is superior, inferior to another. But I mean, it really just has that that desperation, you know. And yes. I think that's how. I mean, yeah. I'm a salesperson too. I mean, I get that. I get that desperation. That one last time, you know, just trust in me. Just we're gonna win. We're gonna do it. You know, we may have not done so well. Like we've tried and failed, but it's that ultimate, like, just you know, that that desperate plea to be able to accomplish your dream. Yeah, and whatever I, it is. And you know, probably the first forty or fifty times I've heard "Loser," I, it was live versions. You can't make out all the words. So you know, I went back, re-listened to it read all the words, learn the story behind it, you know, and it really changes the meaning behind the story. It can, doesn't have to be about gambling. I think there's a universal message there, like you were just saying, but you know, I, and just now I'm starting to learn the correct words to all of these dead songs, you know, like light just now I figured out that while playing in the band, they did not commit date rape on the land. <laughs> I, I, I thought that for years and just now I realized that Loose Lucy did not go back home with two black guys. 
<laughs> she, but you know what? She may have. She you may have. No. And she may have. I, I don't want to think about date date raping on the land, <laughs> but you know, Lucy, Lucy with two, with two black guys. I mean, that could have uh, ended up, you know, with, in, in, resulting in two black eyes. You know, I mean, you know, the whole thing. There, there could be a a, a, a longer story. <laughs> Maybe that's why she's loose, Lucy. Yeah, well, I think she went home with everyone, you know? Yeah, she- Jerry met this girl, Loose Lucy, and oh, man, she went home with two black guys. Man, how <laughs> am I going to compete with that? There's two of them. It just so happened to be black. I mean, Jerry was, was Latino himself, so it's all yeah. fair. <laughs> I don't think she was discriminating. I think oh, she no. was just looking for a real good time. You know? I- in whatever when whatever version it offered her, she was just looking for a real good time. I I think you're on to something there. Yeah, I think uh, I think a good time can be um yeah, it's whatever anybody considers a good time. Yeah. So and Lucy Lucy, I bet has so many stories. <laughs> um, we'll have to get her on the show one of these days. So let's uh, let's get on to talking a little bit about the next song pick. So the next song pick, we're gonna stick with the with the script script that we have. Althea. Althea hit the list, which is, oh my God, just a, just a melter. That song without a net too, but we're going to deviate from the without a net version. And we're going to go with the Nassau Coliseum version that is coming directly from another Warner Brothers. It's coming from the Longstream Strip Movie album. So tell me about that pick. All right. That's a pick. And I'm that you, you kind of spoiled it for everybody is oh! it, it's from <laughs> without a net. And that's where it started for me. I loved it on Without a Net, and it's pure magic. It was always one of my favorite tunes. And then in watching the movie on Prime and getting to uh, the section where they discuss Althea and Al Franken, who I've loved for years from his work on SNL, and then all the stuff he did with the dead is just absolutely classic. And then he recommends Althea. And it's the part where he's like, yeah, but have you listened to it? You know, this is the best I've ever heard. So I'm like, all right. You know, I love the version from Without a Net. So I went back and I took his recommendation. And, you know, God damn it, he was 100% right. That 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 recording is pure fire. So I had to pick it for, for this show. And otherwise, if we didn't pick it, we could just play Without a Net. <laughs> exactly we could and we could just play without a net but instead we're gonna we're we're we're, we're gonna toggle around with other yeah and it's kind shows. of a dedication because on my little self journey with the grateful dead here uh this year during uh during the days between i uh we actually adopted a cat uh for my uh, my family my my eight year old wanted to get a cat and so we went down to the s p c a and we adopted a cat and uh, I named her althea and we did it during the days between, so I thought it was only fitting. So I had to, again, put Althea on this list. Well, I am always happy to uh, to hear Althea. So let's roll into that, and then we're going to come back with one more story and one more song. So everybody enjoy, and then we will return. <laughs> I told Althea 
I was feeling lost Lacking in some direction Althea told me upon scrutiny And my back mind need protection I told Althea that treachery told me now cool down boy settle back easy jean
been listening to Althea, and uh, we got one more song pick on this list, and it is a fantastic, super fun, dancing, grooving song. And actually, I was just talking to my girlfriend, Nina, about it yesterday. Bertha, tell me, Bertha. Yeah, again, much like uh, an album that we keep talking about without Annette, this was one of those early albums I latched onto. It was a, a double CD with a really cool cover. So, you know, when you're first getting into a band, you got to go. And I looked at the back. Okay, there's a few songs on here I know from Without a Net and from other albums. All right, I'll go with this. So this was an, one of my early purchases. And from track one, Bertha, it changed my world. What I knew of the dead changed at that point. Bertha from 100 Year Hall, it's such a rock and tune. It's up-tempo. And again, it was more much like without a net. Look, the dead can either make you slow down and appreciate a nice somber song and a genuine emotional moment, or you can just rock out and groove to it. And Bertha for that has always done it. That's a song I can pop in and in the car and it just picks me up, gets me energized every time. No, and I totally agree about like the vastness of it. I mean, literally my, I'm looking at my Spotify, not really looking, but thinking about my library, my set list. And I have, like, my overall, you know, set list, you know, like the gigantic mix, which is, like, 150. <laughs> first one I came up with, right? You like, do the same thing I my do. My first one is, is my overall, like, you know, whatever, albums, live, just make sure I capture every song that I want to hear. And then I do sub lists, and, my, and one of them is, like, literally called Workout Dead. It's, like, the Shakedown and the Bertha and yep. the Don't Ease Me In and... You know, I get like those songs for that. And then I have the ones for where I'm feeling sad and blue and I just want to cry and, oh. and have them, you know, you know, rub my head. And, and then it's Broken Down Palace. It's Loser. Right. It's, you know, right? I haven't I haven't gone as far as separating it emotionally because, um, oh, that could be dangerous for me because. I highly recommend oh. it. Yeah. I mean, you just sing the blues, literally. Yeah. I mean, you, you get that list together and, and each song just makes you cry harder than the one before. You know, it's it's really fantastic. Yeah, I work off of two main lists. And it's so funny that you say you do this because I kind of do it on Spotify. And I have, you know, my main list, the Grateful Dead, the Definitive Dead playlist. I got about 231 songs on that right now. And that's pretty much every cut that I that I really really enjoy. I've narrowed that down further to a playlist that I probably listen to ninety five percent of the time, and I just call that one "Grateful Dead." The music never stopped. I select one song, one recording of each song that I really like. So pretty much, I'm going through every single Dead song that I love and finding my favorite cut of that specific song whether it's from a live recording or most of them are live. I don't think I have any uh, album cuts, studio yeah, cuts. Yeah, I think that's amazing. You know, what's funny is I just totally agree, and I just made, like, again, the ballad one. I've been feeling pretty introspective lately, and I need to tweak it because some of the songs that I love for the ballads, I don't care for the versions that I picked, you know? Yeah. And um, they're, like, in the 70s, and, I mean, again, I, I love it all. I love all of them. I have no complaints on anyone who ever played in the band. But there's certain songs that I just prefer without Donna. You know, certain songs I love Donna, but I have to tweak it a little bit because I was, like, listening to, like, Broken Down Palace, and then she came in on it, and yeah. I was all, like, yeah. Yeah, I know I know <laughs> what you mean. It's a different I, time and a different era. And I think, like, I really love to 
I did it in reverse, and it kind of ruined it for me. I listened to Without a Net first, like we were just talking about, and Brent's background vocals on that. And then you go back and you hear other versions before he was with the band, and it kind of ruins it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and, and again, I love a good Donna. I mean, you know, you, you play like playing in the band, man, and she comes oh, in yeah. her whale. I mean, I, you know, it's it's not it's not a black or white situation. Like everything gets shades of gray. And some of the songs that I've, I've picked, I'm going to look right now while we're talking. I, I call it my ballad, right? I call it my playlist. My, my ballad It has 32 songs, Ripple. Addicts of My Life, Broke Down Palace, Sugary, Crazy Fingers, Terrapin, Warfrat, um, China Doll. You know what? Gone. All right, we're imp- we're improving here, right, Stacy? Yeah. All right, oh, yeah. we we were gonna play Bertha, and yeah. I, I talked about why. Scrap that. You pick a song off your playlist that you want to share with me as a deadhead, a new deadhead. You know, I like I said, I've never had anyone to talk to. No one's recommended. I've never had someone come to me and say, you know what, man, you got to listen to this show or listen to this recording. I've never had that type of recommendation. So do it for me. You pick something okay, that it. I have to hear. <laughs> okay. Well, in my, I'm looking through this. Okay. So it's, well, okay. Do we want it to be upbeat or down? Oh, I'm going to go with, I'm looking at this list and one song pops up at me and it's not even a Grateful Dead song. So here's your, here, here's the spin upon the spin upon the spin. All right. This song lately, I don't know, again, political culture, my personal mind space. I don't know. No TMI to all of you listeners. You're popping in here just to hear some fun stuff, but I, you know, things have just been, I don't know, things have just been in kind of a weird, a weird zone. And I think they have been for so many of the people that I love and so much going on. And the song that I have listened to almost daily for the last two months is Derek Garcia Band, Brothers and Sisters. Do you know that song? I do not. And I'm so glad you recommended it because just this morning I was looking through dead albums that I want to get into and refamiliarize myself with. And then I came across Jerry Garcia band stuff. And I'm like, I'm not familiar with this catalog at all. Oh, put up, get ready, brother. <laughs> I mean, there is, that's, I've been listening more to Jerry Garcia band than the Grateful Dead lately. And I mean, my God, harder they come. Um, the simple twist of faith, the I love each other, which, you know, I mean, the covers, it is, oh my God, I could just go on and on and on. I mean, the, the, the dear prudence that he plays is just, so hauntingly beautiful. I mean, the Dear Prudence, the on and on and on. Like I've become, you know, Ruben and Charisse and Cats Under the Stars and all of these things. But Brothers and Sisters is a real kind of a gospel-y sounding song. Nice. And I had never heard it before a friend picked it for a podcast and I didn't know what it was. And then another friend called it Promised Land. And I was like, no, no, it's not Promised Land. It's, it's something else. So I'm going to play it, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. And it's on a bunch of Jerry Garcia live albums. And it's kind of a quick little snappy tune. It's only about six minutes. It doesn't do a big jam out. And it, to me, is just um, it's just really symbolic of, you know, the, the world and what we're going through. And, you know, myself as well as, you know, all of our brothers and sisters out there. And, you know, how we need to, you know, how we need to make it through these times. So I'm like ready to cry. So instead of crying, we're going to play it and then we'll come back and say goodbye.
much. So you guys get to hear the song before I do. I haven't heard this track yet, so I I got to go listen to it. This, this is it. You got to go listen to it. It's it is. Be, it's like Chris, a... it's really like Christmas morning, you know. For and I can't even call myself a new deadhead. It's I mean I've been listening to Dead for over twenty years, but there's on a daily basis I'm always finding something new, and I think that's why my journey will never end. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it just keeps changing and changing. The, the music change, the players change. I mean, we could do a whole nother podcast about J-Rad and DSO and local bands and communities coming together. Yeah. I mean, it's and just phenomenal. And there's going to be different times in your life where you all of a sudden get it. Like for years, I never really cared for or understood the wheel. Yeah, that's a catchy tune. Yeah, that's rocking. And then one day you just get it. And you understand what it's about, and uh, it it changes your life, kind of does. Yeah, it's a narrative. Yeah, it narrates your life. It is. It's a narrative. It's a, it's a it's a book of life. I mean, my do you have the annotations book? Last thing I'll ask. I do not. Oh my god. Okay. I I have read one book, um, of the dead that I was able to find uh, in high school, and that was Dark Star, the uh, biography of uh, Jerry. That was the one. I'm sending you this book. <laughs> I am sending you this book. Okay, this is a plug, last plug of the podcast. Who promised to be a guest at some point, and I'm dying to have him on. David Dodd, best fucking book all times. It is the scripture. It is the book. It is amazing. Anyone who's listening, please buy the book for David. Not not for David Dodd, but just for yourself. And don't get this. Don't get the digital version. No. Got to get a hardback version. Yes. Of Absolutely. I my, my wife reads constantly and she reads digital versions and I, I can't do it. I want to be able to feel it and hold it and smell it. And there's just something about that experience of holding the book in your hand. This is this book is the first hardback book I bought in a long time because I toggle between both and I'm looking at it as we talk and I'm going to take a picture of it. It has it's next to it's next to my um my studio in the basement and it's covered with, you know, burn holes and resin and it is coffee stains and it is so fucked up because <laughs> I love this book. It is like torn back around. It, this is the most loved up book. I'm, I, I'm opening it now. There's little pieces of, um, of like weed in like the different bindings of it from sitting on yep. my um, workbench yep. for all these years, but I, it is my Bible. You, you speak with it with such passion and it sounds funny, but, but I, I had the same thing, you know, here in my man cave studio, it's, you know, just filled with stuff that I, I grew up with that I've either reacquired or all eighties and nineties memorabilia, grateful dead stuff. And I still have two books that I carry with me. The original copies I had from high school of the outsiders and go ask Alice. And I still have oh, these two. I love those books. These two tattered paperback copies. You know the ones that were that were given to you by the school. You know, here you got to read this. I kept mine, and they're well used and well kept. <laughs> Go ask Alice, man. That's the best book ever. Changed my life. Hey. Me too. Yep. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. In fact, I'm gonna download it and read it. This is just you've inspired me to do that as well. We're going to sign off because I think we could talk for like another three hours offline. But thank you. Thank, thank you, you thank so you, thank much you for being a guest. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. And uh, we will catch you all soon.
podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at relics.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.